You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And here we've been going through uh, this passage of Scripture, and we've been going uh, fairly slow. I'm going to try to get through the whole chapter tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that works. Uh, we might get to verse 3, uh, but uh, anyway... Uh, Revelations chapter number 6. Let's stand together if you're physically able. We'll read uh, eight verses uh, together tonight. Uh, the first, first eight verses of Revelation chapter number 6. I'll start on verse 1. Join me on verse 2. And we'll read responsively down through verse number 8. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth, fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. Here, when we looked at uh, the first three chapters, of course, we were looking at the uh, leading of the Lord, revealing his word to man and the revelation of Jesus Christ in chapter 2 and 3, dealing with the first, uh, the seven churches of Asia Minor. Chapter 4 and 5 were dealing with worship. But when we get into chapter 6, we go to something called judgment. And it's hard to grasp when we go from chapter 6 to chapter number 17, and dealing with all the judgment that's going to come to this earth, we wonder how can a loving God be so harsh? And there's a, a battle maybe that you share with me. I, I look at the, the great love of God. I look at the great compassion that He has for us. I look at his care that he gives that his son came to this earth to die on the cross. But yet when we see his judgment fall, his judgment falls without mercy. 
And maybe it's because we don't truly understand the, the love of God and the holiness of God. Because when you have the true love that God has, there's also an opposing hate. And His great holiness has a hatred for that which is against what He loves. And as much as God loves, God hates. And when we see here, when we look at what is coming in the future, God lets us get a little bit of insight. And He didn't give this to us to entertain. Though there have been many, many uh, movies and books written on Armageddon and the last days and and that might seem intriguing, but it's not a game. And we open up the Word of God here in chapter 6 and we start to unfold some of the, the seals. And we'll see these six seals. And then we'll see the, the seven trumpets and the seven vials. And we'll see the wrath of God poured out. And tonight I want to just try to get our mindset where we think, how does this impact me? What impact do I gain? Because if you're saved, we're not going to be here. Amen? Praise the Lord. But somebody will. Somebody will. Why, why do we run the buses? Why do we have all the extra Bible studies? Why do we support the missions? Why do we go out and knock on doors? Why do we buy the gospel tracts? Why do we put ads out on Facebook? And why do we spend the, the resources to try to get people to come? There's only one reason. Because judgment's coming. You know, as a church family, we've got to grab a hold of that again. Hell is still as hot right now as it's ever been. And the Lord's coming back. And there's coming a day where people will not have another chance. And you and I have to recognize that we have been entrusted with the truth of the gospel. And we've got to do our part. So here tonight as we go through and look at this passage and we, we learn some things about the end times, it's not just for us to say, oh, that was neat, or that was, that was interesting, or I really enjoyed that. May we truly allow it to impact how we live. May it make a difference. Father, I do pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your word and all that you have given to us here, Lord, there's just so much packed in this passage of Scripture. And, and Lord, we, we do pray that you would help us to have uh, insights and understanding. I pray that you would enlighten us and, and open up our eyes. But Lord, I, I pray that it wouldn't just be opening up our eyes to information, but Lord, that we would be challenged 
uh, to be the person that you'd want us to be, to be the, the child of God, to be the witness, to be the uh, encouragement, to be the, the believer that uh, is strong in our faith, to be able to come alongside others and, and help them. So just bless now. Uh, as we open up your word, I think about the kids and Kids Club and uh, those that are over at FPU tonight and those watching online, help all of us tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. And so here we, we look at this passage of Scripture, and when we get out of chapter number 5, from chapter 5 on uh, till chapter number 19, we are not going to hear anything about the church. And so the church isn't mentioned again. And so with that, uh, we believe between 5 and 6 here that uh, the rapture has taken place, and we are out of this picture. Uh, the the uh, tribulation period is, has started here uh, with this chapter starting. And so uh, as a believer, if you're saved, uh, then you're not going to be here. Uh, we have not been appointed unto wrath. Uh, when we look at uh, when we look at the tribulation period, uh, the tribulation period was a seven year period. Uh, it is uh, also called the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, you look back in Daniel. You look into Ezekiel. Uh, it's the time of Jacob's trouble. And what was that? Uh, you see, God's focus in the Old Testament was on the nation of Israel. Uh, and when we got to the New Testament. The Jews has rejected, they had rejected the Savior, and so the Lord turned to the Gentiles. Uh, this is what we call the church age. Uh, and one day, uh, the Lord's going to come back, and He is going to call us out of here, uh, and a, the time clock is going to begin. Uh, according to uh, uh, Daniel chapter number 9, uh, there were the 69 weeks of Daniel. The 70th week has yet to start. And that's a whole other Bible study in itself. Uh, but the, when the rapture takes place and the tribulation period starts, the prophetic clock uh, begins again, and that 70th week of Daniel begins. Now, uh, the 70th week uh, is uh, a seven-year period, uh, and that seven-year period is divided into two parts. The first part, the first three and a half years, or 42 months, is called tribulation. Uh, but the second part of that tribulation period is called the Great Tribulation. That second uh, 42 months, that three and a half uh, year period is called the Great Tribulation. And so uh, with that though, uh, I am so thankful that God has given us the opportunity to be able to become a child of God. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Romans chapter number 11. Uh, Romans chapter 11. And we go into Romans chapter 11, it, it shows here the Apostle Paul is writing, Romans is the most doctrinal book in the Bible. If there is one book for us to get into and study and learn and grab a hold of, it's the book of Romans. The other book that I think is probably one of the key books to learn uh, is the book of Genesis, especially the first six chapters uh, dealing with creation and learning uh, how God began everything. If we can't trust God for uh, how the world began, we won't trust Him on anything else. Uh, the scientists are going to try to, uh, they are going to try to confuse us, uh, but, but science does not disprove the Bible. 
It does not disprove the Bible. Uh, God's Word is proved over and over and over again. Uh, and that is such a blessing. Romans chapter 11, look at verse number 19. Romans eleven 19. We'll read quite a few verses here. We're going to read down to verse 33. Uh, Paul's writing, uh, and he's writing to the Gentiles here. He says, Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Now he's talking about the branches as in uh, the nation of Israel. He's talking about the Israelites, those branches uh, that were broke off, and that they, uh, the Gentiles, could be grafted in uh, to the Lord. Uh, he said, verse 12, Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Severity. But toward thee, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt Thou shalt also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut off out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted uh, contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Uh, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. For as ye in time past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Let me tell you something, those verses right there, they say so much about how God has dealt uh, with the nations, how he has dealt with Israel. Uh, Christ was that natural olive tree. The, the Jews were the natural branches of that good olive tree. And because of their unbelief, they were broke off. And then uh, God took the wild olive tree uh, and the branches from those wild, the wild olive tree. And that was the Gentiles. And he took those wild olive branches and he grafted them into the good olive tree. You and I have been grafted into Christ. Praise the Lord. What a blessing that that is. And then he goes on to tell us how that we have to be careful with this wonderful uh, gift that God has given us because if God broke off the natural branches, 
What makes us think that he won't break us off if we're in unbelief and we are rejecting him? And uh, the Jews rejected the Messiah, not talking about losing salvation, uh, but just being discarded. And, and here, when we look, uh, he talks about those, those natural branches. Uh, they are still able to be grafted back in. Uh, and God is gracious and he is merciful. Uh, but, but he talks about until the time of the Gentiles become in. And with that, uh, the folk focus right now is on the Gentile people. Not saying that Jewish people cannot be saved, uh, but the main focus is on the Gentiles. That's you. That's me. And, and the, the uh, gospel is being received through the, by the Gentiles. But there is coming a day there's coming a day when he calls us out of here and, uh, and that tribulation period comes. All of a sudden the focus is going back on the nation of Israel. And we will see how God will deal with the unbelief, but we will also see God's mercy to the nation of Israel and how innumerable amounts of people uh, will be saved. You think about 144,000 uh, Jewish preachers uh, and people that are going to be saved, uh, innumerable amounts of people that are going to be saved. Uh, why is it? Because God's changing that focal point back to the nation of Israel. Uh, so, uh, so here, though, when we look in this passage, we are, we are still looking the time of the... the uh, uh, tribulation period has begun, and so let's go ahead and jump back in. Uh, Revelations chapter 6, uh, we might get done with verse number 2. Uh, well, verse number 1 here, uh, Revelations chapter 6, uh, the Bible says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and the crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, when we look at this, you got to go back and remember in chapter number 5 that it was the Lamb that was, that was coming, who was worthy to take the, the, the scroll and to open up the book. Uh, he was the one. So the Lord himself is the one that is breaking these seals. He is the one that is opening this up. Now, when we look at this first uh, seal being opened up, we see, uh, first of all, uh, that there is uh, the first seal, and with this first seal, we see that there is a white horse. Go ahead and flip that slide there. Uh, there is a white horse. Now, this white horse, uh, many commentators will go and say, well, this is the Lord on this white horse. And let me tell you something. It's not the Lord on the white horse because the Lord is the one that's breaking the seals. He is the one that's opening the, the seals. He is the one that John is, is witnessing as he opens up the seal. He now gets to see this, this white horse and the person that sat on it. Now let's look at it. Uh, verse number 2. And I saw and behold a white horse. And he that, had, uh, the, he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering unto conquer. And people say, well, well, that has to be the Lord. Let me tell you something. Satan is an imitator. Satan's an imitator. This is not the Lord that is on this white horse. This is Antichrist. 
This is the Antichrist that is on this white horse. Uh, the old, there, there are two, there are two uh, similarities here. And the, the devil, the Antichrist, he is an imitator. He is a counterfeit. Chapter number 19, and we'll go there here in a second, we will see that, uh, that the, the Lord is coming on a white horse, but he is named faithful and true. He's faithful and he's true. When we, when we look at this, we see that, that uh, uh, there, there are two, two things that remind us. First of all, we see that there's a crown. All right, there's a crown. Now, the word crown here is the word Stephanus, and it is the same word that means a victor's crown. It is the type of crown that was put on a, a victor in a Roman game, the Colosseums. You know what those crowns were? They were leaves. They were, they were a, it was a leaf, it was a crown, uh, it, it was a victor's crown. Uh, but uh, in, uh, uh, in chapter number 19, what we find, uh, go to chapter number 19, we're just going to have to uh, look at it. Uh, chapter number 19, and let's go to verse number 11, Revelation 19, 11. The Bible says, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on, upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And so here we find uh, the Lord, and he is named. He is the one that's on the white horse, but he has a crown. And not only did he have a crown, he had many crowns, but these crowns are, are a different uh, crown than what is named uh, in, uh, uh, in chapter number, uh, chapter number uh, uh, 6. Uh, this, this crown in chapter number uh, 6 is the victor's crown, Stephanus. Uh, the, the crown in chapter number 19 is diadema, and it is the kingly crown. They're not even the same words. And in the English, we say, well, it's a crown and it's a crown, and he's wearing a crown and he's on a horse. Uh, let me tell you something. You open up and you study and you start finding out uh, God, God has so many things for us. He has so many things for us. And, and you see here how this one that is on the crown, uh, that is on this white horse, this is the Antichrist. It's the Antichrist. Uh, and what, what, is he, what is he doing? Uh, this, this, uh, uh, this person, this Antichrist, uh, he is an imitator. He is a deceiver. Go to chapter 9 of the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. Uh, Brother Rick, can you take that, that uh, clock down off that back wall for me? And uh, uh, anyway, uh, Daniel chapter number 9, uh, look with me at verse 26. Daniel chapter number 9, verse 26. The Bible says, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come 
come destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. For the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. Uh, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And so here what we're talking about, uh, he shall confirm the covenant. And then he is going to break that covenant. This is talking about the Antichrist. In the beginning of the tribulation period, what we will find is that uh, he is going to usher in peace but in the midst of that tribulation period all of a sudden that peace is going to be removed that peace is going to be taken away and, and that was prophesied. Uh, the devil, uh, the Antichrist, he is a deceiver. John chapter 5, verse 43. I'm just going to give these to you uh, quickly just because of time's sake. John 5, 43. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. He was talking to the Jews, and he said, listen, uh, here I am. I'm coming in the Father's name, and you're not receiving me. But there's somebody else coming that you're going to receive. Who are they going to receive? They're going to receive the Antichrist. They're going to receive the deceiver. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 4. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. And let me tell you, it's at hand. Uh, the Lord's coming back. Uh, let no man deceive you as by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above, above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth on the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Uh, and so uh, here we, we see that he is a deceiver, uh, and he comes uh, as a deceiver, and he is on that white horse. Uh, secondly, we see that uh, the second seal opened uh, back in Revelation chapter number 6. Revelation 6, and let's look at verse number 3. And four, the Bible says, and when he had opened the second seal, the Lord opens the second seal. I heard the second beast say, come and see. And there went out another horse that was, what color? Red. And power was given unto him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth. And that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The Antichrist begins with peace. But soon after, that peace is removed. And that peace is removed in this red horse. The horses symbolize the instrument of the sovereign plan of God being unfolded. And here as God is revealing that he has these horses, these horses are being used uh, and the colors of them uh, to reveal things to us. We see the white horse and we see the, uh, the, the deception that is there. You see the red horse and all through the Old Testament you see how red is used as a symbol uh, of 
of destruction. It's a symbol of death. It's the color of blood. Uh, and so uh, it was associated with terror and with death. Uh, and with this, uh, when you go back to verse number uh, 1 and 2, he that sat on the white horse had a bow. My, my Savior's coming with the sword. Sword of his mouth. The word of God. And, and here he has a bow. There is no arrow mentioned. Why? Because of peace. But it's not long. It's not that he isn't destructive. He is destructive. And that's why we've got to be aware of his tactics. His, his tactics to try to just entice. Just try to, to get people to to just want peace, not to stand for anything. And here, now he comes and that empty bow is replaced and now we have a sword. Revelation 12, 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten hordes and seven crowns upon his heads. Uh, Revelation 17, 3, So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-covered beast. Over and over again, that red is used as death, it is used as terror, it's used as destruction. And so we have this red horse that's going, this rider on this red horse, and he's going to take away the peace. Uh, thirdly, let's go back to Revelation 6, and we have the third seal. Revelation chapter number 6, verse 5 and 6. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. What do we find? This, this horse on that black, let's switch that uh, back to that, uh, uh, that third seal. The, that uh, third seal is broken, and the, the, the uh, rider of that, that horse there, that black horse, he is going to bring economic disaster. He is going to bring famine. He is going to bring hunger. And, and here we, we see that uh, he said that a measure of wheat for a penny. They say that a penny in this time would, would have purchased, uh, in Roman days, a, 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 uh, uh, a penny would purchase uh, anywhere between 8 to 12 measures of meal. They say that a measure was uh, about two pints. And so that was more than enough for a person's daily necessity. And you could work, and a penny was a day's wage. So with a day's wage, you could earn 8 to 12 times the amount of resources that you needed to supply for you and your family. But in this time... It's going to be a day's wage for one person's sustenance. 
It's going to be a day's wage just to be able to, uh, to, be able to feed yourself. And, and so here uh, we look at this and, and we see the, the great trouble uh, that's coming. Revelation 13, 17, the Bible says that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number uh, of his name. Uh, what do we find? No wonder he's going to be able to implement the mark of the beast because of the famine, the hunger that people are facing. People are going to find themselves in a spot where I've got a family to take care of. Whatever I got to do. The devil, the devil is sly. You know, we are so, we as Americans especially, we are, we are so used to having everything satisfied right now. You know, we don't plan. We just deal day by day. I don't know about you, but if I go to fast food and they're not fast, my spirit's messed with. <laughs> I'm like, come on, let's go. What's wrong with you? How long should this take? I remember when Deb and I first got married and microwaves had come out. And it was like, what kind of lazy person needs a microwave? I mean, how, how long does it really take to warm something up? It's like, what's wrong with that stupid microwave? It's, it's been 60 seconds and that's, that coffee's not warmed up yet. Uh, I mean, we are so used to everything being done so instantaneous. You know what? The devil, he, he's got a plan and it's long term. It's long term. Hear this, the workings that he has, the plans. Uh, quickly, uh, verse number seven, we look at the fourth seal. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And all power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. Notice here, it wasn't death and hell. His name was Death. And hell followed with him. Hell follows. Death deals with the body. Hell deals with the soul. And here the two are connected, thankful that the last enemy that's going to be destroyed is death. It will be destroyed. Revelations chapter 20 and verse 13 and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And death that claims that body, and hell claims that soul. And here, that's an enemy, that horse, uh, that pale horse of death was going to be there. Uh, five, the fifth seal, uh, we see here, verse number 9 through 11. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. 
And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, how holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. What do we find here? We find uh, the saints. And the cry of the saints here were for the, the Lord to avenge us. They said, avenge us. And they're looking down and God gives them those white robes to wear. And he said, just a little time, I'll avenge. God's justice will ring true. And here, the fifth seal and the saints are saying, avenge us. Uh, and the martyrs that are there, we see the sixth seal, uh, verse number 12 to 17. It says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and behold, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll, when it is scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, and the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains and the mighty men and the, every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks and in the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? What do we find here? We find the sinner. We find those that God's wrath is being poured out on. And as the sinner, as the saints were in heaven, and they were saying, avenge us, those sinners, those individuals that were left here, they were saying, hide us. Hide us. Vance Havner once said, there's coming a day when the most expensive piece of property will be a hole. Referring to this passage of Scripture. The people will look for a way to try to hide from God. And there will be no hiding place. There will be no hiding place. So we look here at these six seals and we look at this judgment that's coming. Now let me, let me ask you to do something. Think about your family members. If the Lord comes back tomorrow, will be, they be one of those saying, hide us? Think about that coworker. Your vocation is part of your mission field. It's part of your mission field. It's part of the people that God has brought across your path. What about your friends, your neighbors? Are they going to say, hide us, seeking for a hole because they had never heard of the love of Christ? Now, you and I, we can look at this passage and say, 
man, that's good, I'm not going to be there. But let's not be like Hezekiah, who when he was told that he was going to have peace in his years, but the next generation, his children, were going to be made eunuchs, and they were going to be made slaves. And he said, good is the word of the Lord, because I have peace in my days. It's not good enough just for us to be saved. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, and just work in our hearts and our minds. And Lord, challenge me to be a better witness for you. And Lord, you bring people across our path. And I do pray that you'd help us, Lord, to recognize the love that you have given to us. Uh, you have extended to those that uh, are, have yet to trust you. And I pray that you'd help us to be a vessel, a tool to be able to share your goodness. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you have done for us. But Lord, help us uh, to be able to introduce uh, the greatest gift uh, to those that we come in contact with. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor, Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.